reveal to you where my uh, studio is today. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Jump into the coach boat and they hug each other and they celebrate together because it's, it's such a teamwork. It's just that now we have to be um, super conscious um, that, that we're producing more waste and we've got to be better at um, giving it a second use. We were going to try and pledge to uh, make these changes. And then we thought actually it'd be really cool if other athletes, other sailors could get on board to kind of leave no trace or leave wherever you've been cleaner than how you found it. We are going to Sailport Stevens. I think we pretty much cooked dinner for everybody. Dennis Thompson is a PRO. Miss Stacey Jackson. Yeah, do you think you could smuggle a sausage sandwich across the border for me? <laughs> Which of you was on board when this happened? I was on the weather side about going underwater, holding yeah. my breath, yeah. Oh my god. I was this... on the leeward side of the boat getting blasted with water from behind. So, uh, wasn't that yeah. the 47 knots, you guys? Yeah. It was a really good cause to cover all of those boats that don't normally get covered. This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl, keeping you covered for your Rolex Sydney Hobart coverage. If we, if we don't have an equal education system for girls and boys, women will never be equal. Girls have to look like this, be like that, be like this, do that. But when you're at sea, you don't have to wash, you don't have to dress properly, you don't have to do your hair. It sounds like being in lockdown. <laughs> I love it. I mean, seriously, I, I have washed my hair for you for the first time in a very long time. And oh. <laughs> we, we could continue all night, I'm sure, uh, hearing your beautiful stories and, and your memories. But again, I just want to re reiterate, it's not seven years that you've uh, served your country or inspired others. It's definitely been a lifetime. And for me, before I was born. So, Thank you, Nick. Thank you very much. And uh, what you're doing is terrific for the sport and terrific for sailing. And uh, as I said at the start of this uh, little interview, uh, you know, this whole online thing is just a game changer. So I think it's really, really exciting. I think you'll agree a fourth time is that it was so lovely to have you guys on the show tonight and to see you catching up and to reminisce about so many great times that you've been involved with. And thanks for everything that you've given to sailing. It's been amazing. Thanks, Nick. You're doing a great job. Doing my best. Thank you, Nick. Trying to follow in your footsteps. 2,000 participants. 2,000 participants. 29 people got it correct. What was the name of the New York Yacht Club defending boat in the 1887 America's Cup? And have a little bit of a think about the theme for this week. Was it A, Mayflower, B, Vigilant, C, Volunteer, or uh, it D? Had to be volunteer, <laughs> Indeed! I know you all weren't around when that race was held, <laughs> but I was uh, 14 years old in 1983. Uh, when Liberty lost to Australia too. And uh, what an incredible course that one race put on uh, the America's Cup and really for our sport. And it's amazing. A couple of weeks ago, New York Yacht Club, did a, they released a, a three-part series with Dennis. Uh, and Dennis was talking about that last day and he was talking about the regatta. And, you know, I, I think what I took away from it was he felt that they were lucky to get that far into the series and to get to a, you know, a sudden death winner take all race because he knew Australia too was, a, was a lot faster. And uh, it's fascinating to hear, you know, from those guys, the, the details of, 
of that race. And I, you know, because it has so much history in our sport and, and everything that it's just, it's awesome to listen to those just nuggets of absolute America's cup gold. Yeah. Like 2021, one hell of a year. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Be rude not to. And, um, and I guess we'll see everybody in 2022. Yes, we will. Well, I hope before that. I hope before that, Nick. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, for sure. And I'm sorry. Keep I up the good you. work, Nick. This is fantastic. Thank oh, you for thank you, thank you for yeah, everything you do for the sailing community, keeping everybody informed and uh, making making it fun. So thank you. Oh, I'm I'm really lucky that it's such a great sport and that I'm able to have uh, so many family members around the world, basically. Is how I feel, and I'm just trying to help my family. That's all. Very lucky. And here is about where I've inserted a clip of, of Seb and I doing the soaker in the backseat of Summer's car <laughs> on the way to the Royal Bermuda Yacht Club. But I'll save yeah. the embarrassment. Welcome, everybody. Awesome to be back with you for Adventures Weekly. I can't believe that we have been streaming every single week since the 27th of March. Unbelievable. It's now almost the end of June. It's the 26th of June in Australia, so it's the 25th of June if you're just waking up in the UK or if you're in the US or Bermuda or any number of other locations around the world that have been tuning into our show every week. So thanks for joining us to start with. So I, I think this week we decided that we would do a little bit of a look back at just what we've been, been getting up to you just through our previously on there. But we're going to call this the end of season one and have a little bit of a break and a little bit of a retake, re- retake and a little bit of a think. And then next week we're going to come back with a vengeance for season two. It will be absolutely fantastic. Tiana is in the Hunter Valley, lucky thing. She's gone up there for a birthday party, but she is online. So if you have questions to ask, please make sure that you do. But we'll be showing our favorite bits from each of the weeks across season one, as we will call it. So to kick off, to start with, uh, you may have seen one of the first questions in our trivia for this week, which was focused on looking back on all of the different weeks. The first question was, what is the name of our Adventures Weekly News segment? For anybody who got it incorrect, you clearly don't watch every week because, of course, it is called... Sailing News in 60 Seconds-ish. <laughs> Sailing news in 60 seconds-ish. The AC9F, or the Youth America's Cup boat, is apparently now able to get through foiling jibes. Great to see that the developers have made that leap. In the news this week, especially in terms of the Youth America's Cup, we've seen a number of bids for the Australian team be announced. We are actually out on the water and, and sailing now, so... Uh, We're a little bit ahead of the rest of the world there, but there's going to be some fantastic competition to try and take that spot. And I look forward to seeing what happens around the world in regards to the Youth America's Cup. We're going to get straight into it. So looking back on the first week of what was Adventures Weekly, all the way back on the 27th of March, here's the highlights. Now, you might remember that this came about, or 
the whole idea for week one was because everybody wasn't able to go sailing, right? So we got creative. I thought I might actually reveal to you where my uh, studio is today. Uh, let's have a little bit of a look. Here it is. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm in my swimming pool. <laughs> Gotta be creative today. Uh, this is the mirror, by the way. This mirror has been completely revamped. It's looking absolutely glorious. Check it out. Hello. <laughs> it's been done up. Now you might be able to see the name there actually. Let me see if I can wiggle the giggle. This is the giggle boat. The giggle boat. I know, I, um, I'm actually not kidding you. This boat's called Giggle. This is a mirror that we grew up in when we were little. Both my sisters learned how to sail and how to hate sailing in this boat. Um, I might actually get up now that I've revealed where I am. Oh. And, um, and it's come the time that we need to actually give this thing a little bit of bubbles. What do you reckon? Um, should we do some bubbles? Oh, you're going to give me some wind. I think I can see a puff coming. Hold, hold. Wait a minute. I can see a puff coming. I'm not sure where this puff's coming from. Hoist the sticker. Hoisting the sticker. Grace, sheep. Right, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> going what is she on it's friday evening here to be fair and see i'm doing my twilight sale <laughs> <Ta -da! laughs> so that was week one yes it was a little bit out there but what followed was the adventures weekly video competition and we saw a whole bunch of entries like this <laughs> They were the winners for one of the weeks. That's uh, Kevin and Lorik Fisher, the two brothers. So they were sent a Pantaneous prize pack. We also had other entries like this. This was the winner of week one, actually. Hello, uno. Carga, vamos. Niki, vamos, 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 Niki. Vamos, vamos. Yo caso. Che, va bien, va bien ahí, eh. Va todo bien. 
Qué cagada, no digo Marcelito, no tenemos la selfie. Como siempre, largamos primero. Ahí va bien, Nicky, eh. Nico, las 11, abrió el bar en el Gulaya. ¡Ah! ¡Qué rico! Vamos, vamos, Nicky, vamos, vamos. Che, loco, se viene el agua, eh. Se viene el agua, la puta que lo parió. Se viene el agua, la conchinza. ¡Qué día de mierda, la puta madre! Es tu suaya, la concha de la lora con el tu suaya. ¡Vamos! ¡Vamos, vamos, vamos! ¡Vamos, vamos! ¡Vamos, listo! ¡Vamos, muchachos! ¡Dale! ¡Listo! ¡Ya está! Oh, unbelievable. So that was Jonas Duda. He was the winner in week one. We also had very creative entries like this. I am sailing. I am sailing home again. Cross the sea. I am sailing. Still makes me laugh. That was the winner in week four, I believe. And then we saw the kids getting involved. Good girl. That's it. Now you're off. Daryl Whistling's little munchkin. We also put up a picture of her very proudly with her prize. Now, this is the Foster family from the UK. In his peanut dinghy, absolutely gorgeous. This was a winner. In week five, when we re-looked at Sailport Stevens with Pantaneous directly, this is by Billy Horden. Excellent work there by Billy Horton and one of my personal favourites by Sailor Girl, Sarah Wilkinson from the Mudrats as well. We spoke about the Newport Bermuda race last week. This is an awesome one. We actually sent her some port and starboard bracelets from Beatiness for this one. Let's check it out. So good. Congratulations to all of our thousands of entries. I think it was more like hundreds that entered our 
Pantaneous weekly video competition that we saw in the first half of season one. And then into, into the second half of season one, of course, we saw the development of our Pantaneous weekly trivia competition, which has been going brilliantly this week. I think we'll run through some of the questions. So we had the first question, as I mentioned, was what is the name of our Adventures Weekly News segment? Sailing News in 60 Seconds. Then what was the event? The second one, what was the event in focus when we spoke to Jesus Renato, who was on in week two, part of Sailing Energy Absolutely fantastic photographer with his team. And a shout out to all of the people who work in sailing media, be they photographers, videographers, writers, website developers. It's been a really tough time for us without events. Of course, there is no media work for us to do. But also, I firmly believe that without media work, there is nobody actually hearing about all the fantastic work that all of the sailors do and all of the volunteers do to really make our sport what it is. So let's have a little bit of a look back at week two with Jesus Renato from Sailing Energy. We, we do it because we love sailing mm. and uh, um, to have the opportunity to join big events with, with boats and sailors that you admire is always uh, is something, something very, very good. And... Uh, and this is probably the best part of our of our job is that we love it. And it's not Absolutely. only the money, it's just we're there. It's our family. It's really funny not seeing my family yeah. all the time. I mean, I love spending time with my actual family, don't get me wrong. But um, it's very strange, I know. So I thought then we'd go to more recent memories and... <laughs> <laughs> I just love the facial shots that you get as well. So you can be in the air, you can be on board, you can be on a rib. You guys really mix it up. Yeah, that's a lovely shot, shot of Peter Blen and, and Hamis, the coach. That sometimes uh, we forget about the coaches, but uh, yeah. wow, they spend so many hours uh, following the sailors and they have such a tough job. Yeah. And I think every time a sailor wins a regatta in Olympic sailing, they just jump into the coach boat and they hug each other and they celebrate together because it's, it's such a teamwork. And mm. uh, I like that kind of shots because you can see how much they 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 like each other, they love each other and they, they want to celebrate together. And that yeah. was in Geelong in Australia, like a couple of months ago. Actually, that was... The last uh, regatta I shot. Mm. Did you think it would be the last regatta you would shoot for a while? Say again, sorry? Did you think that would be the last event that you would ah. have the opportunity to shoot? <laughs> of course not. Of I course. Uh, we had so so many plans and, and, and we had so many regattas. Like this, this uh, last month, March was already full of uh, regattas, and and now we should be full, full yeah. on. And our calendar for the next two or three months was absolutely full. We had like I had like I think four weeks on a row, non-stopping, jumping all around Europe. And now you see <laughs> nothing, zero, nada. Yeah, 
There you go. That was in April when we really just didn't know how it was all going to unfold and it was just starting to unfold. And Jesus, who was dialing in from Parma, Mallorca in Spain, they were one of the early countries to really struggle. Of course, now we've seen the US and Brazil really accelerate. Uh, and it's just been an unbelievable year, I guess, is the way that we can say it. And you might have seen in the previously on the opening section with Terry Hutchinson, I just said, gosh, we're going to have a real crack at 2021 because 2020 has been a bit of a, a tough one. And, and he said it would be rude not to. So we'll have a little bit more of a look back at uh, the, the week with Terry Hutchinson in just a minute. But in week three, and I'll just go back to our trivia so our trivia uh, in week three, we had David Turton on. So the question was, what was the name of the company that David Turton spoke to us about regarding environmental factors? That was the Seabin Project. He is uh, on the board of the Seabin Project. His brother and he have put that amazing project together. You may have seen a Seabin around the place. I know they first appeared at the Marine Equipment equipment trade show in 2015 I think from memory uh, so let's have a little bit of a look back on that interview with David Turton because he was predicting that especially over COVID the amount of rubbish that we were producing would increase and the importance on recycling would become even more important and I am sure that everybody at home I hope you have been recycling even more but I know that uh it's been a struggle to try and get food and to try and keep the social distancing happening. But before we go to that, uh, we've had a hi from Cape Town from Ted Bremen. Hi, Ted. Jody Shields as well. A hi to Summers and he misses Bermuda. We all miss Bermuda, don't we? I mean, we all miss travelling. It could be a very long time until we actually get to go travelling. So hello to everybody who's watching. Let us know where you're watching from. And here is our interview or a little snippet from our show in week three with David Turden. The plastic waste increase over the last four weeks globally has been monumental and it's all done for right reasons. It's just that now we have to be um, super conscious um, that, that we're producing more waste and we've got to be better at um, giving it a second use. Yeah, well, we've just got to put it in the right bin. If it goes in the right bin, then we can reuse it and give it another life. If we um, just let it go into nature, well, that's not giving it another life. So dispose of it correctly and it'll get another life. Um, throw it in the wrong bin and we'll just go to landfill, throw it away, and it'll just end up in nature somewhere. So what are you suggesting to people at the moment when they're trying so hard to, you know, keep themselves safe? Um, you know, how, how can recycle. you... Recycle. Yeah. Recycle. Recycle, absolutely recycle. Uh, make sure it goes in your recycle bin. Most of the stuff these days is recyclable. It changes in different locations around the world what you can and can't put in. But most of the things that are getting used in the takeaway uh, and in the food industry are, are able to be recycled. Excellent. Recycling, as I mentioned, is incredibly important. And that led into the next week where we actually spoke with Hannah Mills, which was the next question. Hannah Mills, MBE, what class is she that 
world champion in at the moment. She is still the world champion in the Vor 70 class because, of course, those world championships didn't go ahead. They were meant to be in Parma just before the Trofeo Princesa Sofia Regatta, which is in Parma, which... Uh, was meant to be on the week that I spoke to Jesus Renato. So it all sort of doubles back. So let's have a little bit of a look at what we spoke to Hannah Mills about, along with her sailing career and being reselected to go to the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo in the 470. She also has an amazing charity, which is called the Big Plastic pledge where anybody can go and pledge to try and make a difference and basically if you can pledge to make a difference the hope is that you will inspire others to make a difference yeah well um after rio um at the olympics there you know that whole olympic cycle we saw um sort of how much worse it felt like the plastic problem was kind of getting and it was just becoming more and more obvious everywhere we went um, particularly in Rio, uh, it was really staring us in the face. And um, I kind of really connected with that and felt like I wanted to do something. I had no idea what, because as an individual, you just think, what could I possibly do that would have an impact? Um, yeah. So I took some time and I thought, well, if I'm going to compete again um, and go for Tokyo, then I've got quite a good platform maybe to try and address some of the issues within my own Olympic campaign um, and along with my partner Ailey McIntyre who's also really passionate about this um, we kind of laid out a few things we wanted to try and do we called them a pledge um, that we were going to try and pledge to uh, make these changes and then we thought actually it'd be really cool if other athletes other sailors could get on board to kind of leave no trace or leave wherever you've been cleaner than how you found it and um, yeah I think boat parks are, are a great place to just you know next time everyone who's watching next time you're in a boat park which is hopefully soon yeah. um you know during your regatta or your training just have a look around and yeah it's phenomenal how, how many bits of taper on the floor bits of rope um bottles all that kind of thing just sort of ends up blown on the floor or people drop it on the floor without thinking so yeah we can all be and there you go the big plastic pledge you can go to big plastic pledge.com and pledge today and I'd love for you to share with me when you do sign up and I can share that with Hannah as well I know she'd be super happy to see a few more people pledge especially at this time when you just saw uh, our interview with David Turden and I know that you will have experienced that there's more waste in your household especially because we're spending more time at home uh, and also when you're trying to grab takeaway or grab food without actually touching anything, uh, you use more plastic, more serviettes, more everything. I mean, how many hand sanitizer bottles do you have hanging around your house right now? Or have you had uh, how many more beer bottles? <laughs> We've had a few more beer bottles in our household of late. Uh, that, that's not to say that hopefully if you were drinking them at a pub instead of at home uh, that you wouldn't recycle them there either. So the next week, and I'll just see if I can find our trusty trivia, which is right here. So the next question was how many hours were we live for during our Keeping You Covered campaign? So Keeping You Covered was actually week seven. So what we might do is, is take a little bit of a skip back to week five, which I mentioned was Sailport Stevens. It would have been Sailport Stevens anyway. Sadly, it wasn't. 
Uh, but I'm very interested to keep an eye on what will happen with this breakout regatta. I'm not sure if you've heard about it. It was brought to my attention because I was rumoured to be involved with the media team, which I am not yet. But I am now very intrigued to see and hear more about this breakout regatta that will be happening from the 8th to the 14th of August from Sydney to Pittwater, Pittwater to Newcastle and then Newcastle to Port Stephens could be a good alternative if that Queensland border doesn't open up. Let's have a little bit of a look back at week five. We are going to sail Port Stephens. I think we've pretty much cooked dinner for everybody. They've sort of driven through <laughs> and and uh, everybody's brought their family and the kids and we've got a couple more to go though. There's a couple more late arrivals, but uh, no, it's been good. Dennis Thompson is a PRO. Miss Stacey Jackson. Yeah, do you think you could smuggle a sausage sandwich across the border for me? Ah, sons of beaches. <laughs> That's sons of beaches with Scotty McRae. They are the band that highlights the stage at Sailport Stevens and they did make a guest appearance during week five, which was just phenomenal. And then in week six, we had Hans Henkel and Kimo Worthington. It was amazing to have them on the show uh, to talk about all things Sail GP. We were meant to see the Sal GP be in San Francisco and then New York just last week. It should have been uh, just before the start of the Newport Bermuda race, actually. So, uh, unfortunately, the Sal GP in the second season of that's been cancelled, as you know, following our sailing news in 60 seconds segments. So, let's have a little bit of a look at that extended version. You can, of course, find all of these episodes in our Adventures Weekly playlist on Facebook, on YouTube, or if you prefer to listen while you're driving, we're also on Spotify and iTunes as a podcast. Yeah, and the thing, when I saw the boats, I was just blown away by the technology and the, and the effort they put in to make these things so amazing. And you don't really know until you see, you know, and I've followed sailing, obviously, quite a yeah. bit. And I've seen quite a few boats in my time, but I never got up close to one of these before, and it was it was unbelievable, you know, and I always went to the kids and said, listen, you guys complain. You guys are the luckiest kids in the world to yeah. get this boat, this platform, and they put up this whole thing for you guys. If I hear any complaining, get out of here. Yeah, exactly. these things are amazing. You couldn't be any luckier. Do you think? Sail a boat perhaps, like that. Yeah, I think, Kimo, you mentioned that when you sailed, it was a lot more competitive. The camaraderie amongst the teams wasn't as good. Do you think that's because these guys are able to have it at a professional level, whereas previously it was like amateurs fighting with professionals? Yeah, it might be. You might be right yeah. there. Yeah, I don't, or it's just the kind of the age and the, you know, their enthusiasm and the respect for each other. Yeah. You know, it just kind of has a cool vibe amongst them all, you know, and it's, it is an amazing platform. And to get close and actually look inside the boat, you're like blown away. Yeah, I bet. You know, I, I mean... It's truly a miracle or a marvel of uh, engineering that put this you know, put these boats together. Absolutely. So hats and off the, to the guys who did all the work. 
Oh, for sure. And then the data sharing, that's one thing that I find really interesting as well, is that everybody knows what every other team is doing. You would have never experienced that. Imagine if that happened in the America's Cup. I mean, secrecy is rife. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sing- I mean, the secrecy was ridiculous. Even the whole, all that stuff was ridiculous. And right? the spies. Both that, oh, yeah. yeah, the whole thing. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and so. for you, Peter, your, your background in Melgers, I mean, and Hans, an Olympic sport, the sharing factor for me is something that sets Saljip apart. Yeah, Hans is the rocket scientist. He might have... Uh... <laughs> We might have some some better intel on this. I'm just a grinder, but um, I think I think it speaks to to how just the level of how complicated sailing one of these boats is. That mm. we can get all the data from from slingers and Ben Ainsley and all those guys, but until you actually do it and can uh, can implement um, you know all the numbers into your sailing, it doesn't mean anything. So. You know, it's it's that hard of a boat to sail, uh, even if you have the information. Yeah. Well, I, for one, cheered when you guys led around the top mark on Friday, I believe it was, in Sydney. Uh, but I, I just want to know, which of you was on board when this happened? <laughs> Pete? I think we Pete was on board? I definitely was. Definitely yeah. Was. I think, yeah. I, think I, was not. I were on the pole. <laughs> And I, think I, was, just shows... I was on the weather side of the boat going underwater, holding yeah. my breath. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I was this... on the leeward side of the boat getting blasted with water from behind. So, uh, Wasn't that yeah. the 47 knots, you guys? Yeah. We were ripping. We were going pretty I, uh, quick. It was like 100 knots every single time that happens anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I came and found you guys straight after the race and said, you got the top speed, 47.3 knots. <laughs> But you also had yeah, a massive splat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love those guys. Fantastic. And I did love the event in Sydney. That's the last one. I remember talking to some people, and I've told a few people this story during that event, the SailGP event in Sydney. It was the last weekend in February, or the second last weekend in February, and wondering what would happen with COVID. There you go. Completely changed the world the universe as we know it so the next question in our trivia competition for this week was how many hours were we live for during our keeping you covered campaign which of course was during last week's last week last year's rolex sydney hobart race this was uh our week let me look golly we're ripping through these week week seven of our show so you've seen so many hours. I mean, we were live for nearly 30 hours during that campaign. So during that episode, I let you guys watch a bloopers episode. So I thought that to celebrate week seven, we'd just go straight to the bloopers. So here we go. Most of the primary thing is going down to meet all our old girlfriends. Exactly. You put a beer in, huh?
think I want to go talk to this boat, another painkiller. Mostly because they give me painkillers. Are you polishing battens? I'm very confused. Started getting the charging station going. Check it out. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, um, Ronnie. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Dick. I feel like we've been here for 12 hours. Uh, I think that's because we have been here for 12 hours on Christmas Day. Oh, man, in uh, the Rolex Sydney Hobart Media Center, keeping you covered. Douglas for bleh. That was terrible. Stop and stop. I'm crunching it. I'm going lowly in my mouth. Can't talk. Of a sailor girl. Welcome back to Adventure of a Sailor Girl. Yay! This is going to the States. Off you go. Zero Heineken man. He's on fire. Douche. <laughs> I love it. What are you doing, guys? Um, About to go get fit. Adventures of a Sailor Girl. Keeping you covered. Keeping you fit. I got this down. <laughs> I like being a fairy ball. Hey, everyone, give me a wave. Hey. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a salty dog. <laughs> I do wash my glasses as I'm approaching Hobart to make sure I don't mistake. I have a, I have a photographic memory and I remember all their names. 
Awesome. Chapo, are you excited to go south? <laughs> he's desperate to go south. He, he's trying to cut my lunch. Chapo lines up behind me and he takes all of the bad passes and grabs them. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Shout out to Chapo and Team Hollywood. They always provide great entertainment, shall we say. Also a shout out to Mark Gillies. He said hello to us to start with. And then also that he's been buying sanitizer from Bunnings now that it's available. Uh, 25 bucks for four litres and he's been recycling old pump bottles. So a shout out to him. Cheap as chips plus less wastage. That's what we like to hear. Great work, Mark Gillies. Graham Readings watching from the Isle of Wight. Shout out to everybody watching from the Isle of Wight. And a shout out to Toby Palfrey who's watching too. My little brother. Hello, Toby. Great to have you joining us. I'm going to call you after the show because hopefully I'll see him soon. Yay, Palfrey family. Alrighty. So after we did Keeping You Covered, of course, we were then up to week eight. And out of the following, what is not a Tracy Edwards quote? If you don't like the way the world looks, change it. Inequality in sailing still exists, but at the same time, it was off the scale. I cannot believe the level of misogyny we had to deal with are all Tracy Edwards quotes from our interview. What she didn't say was that the maiden factor will not help to change the future of female education, which we, of course, believe it will do. Now, here's a look back on our interview with the amazing Tracy Edwards. And thanks so much to her for joining us on the show. And if you have the ability to donate to the maiden factor, I really encourage you to do so. It was so amazing that you kept going, not really. It was it was fear of failure and what that would mean for other women. If we failed, she wouldn't just have this whole misogyny and sailing to, you know, sort of to deal with. She'd have our failure around her neck like an anchor. Anything that can get women onto boats and get them sailing is great in my book. Five years ago, literally almost the same week that I met Alex Holmes from New Black Films, who was going to make the documentary, mm -hmm. uh, I had an email from a, a marina in the Seychelles saying, did you know your boat maiden's been sitting here rotting for the past two years? And what do we do with her? You know, we know she's very special. The guy on the travel list and I said, do I know you? And he said, yeah. He said, I put maiden in the water um, 25 years ago, just before the start of the Whitbread. He said, and I, you know, he said, I've got, again, a little bit dusty here today, you know, wiping yeah. a tear from his eye. And I said, yeah. I'm so, I said, I'm so thrilled that maiden means so much to other people and not just me. He said, it's the maiden factor. And I went, I'm going to steal that. I had to write my first CV at the age of 43. That was a shock to the system. Yeah. And this is when I realized the value of education because you know yeah it's okay to be passionate and to throw yourself into it and it's all very you know I don't know cavalier um but education is the power that women must be given you know if we if we don't have an equal education system for girls and boys women will never be equal that's a much better way of putting it than falling into something you've had a lot of amazing unforeseen circumstances <laughs> just I'm going to read this quote from the movie as well when you won the leg into New Zealand girls have to look like this be like that be like this do that 
But when you're at sea, you don't have to wash, you don't have to dress properly, you don't have to do your hair. It sounds like being in lockdown. <laughs> I love it. I mean, seriously, I, I have washed my hair for you for the first time. In a- <laughs> I love that Tracy Edwards washed her hair for me. Or do I? I haven't washed my hair that many times during lockdown either. I really love it. I, I mean, I really love not having to wash my hair. <laughs> so the next question I'm not going to show you because we'll go straight into it. It was what is the prestigious recognition that John Bertram was awarded in 2016? He does have all of the answers to that trivia question. But in 2016 in particular, JB was awarded Officer of the Order of Australia. So there are a bunch of options in that trivia question, including a bronze medal in the fin, which of course we know he did win. It just, in 2016, it was the Order of Australia. So here's a look back on week nine with JB. Looking back on it, it was like the Anzac spirit. You know, we, we, if there's one thing that our country's proud of, it's our ability to, to fight when our backs are to the wall. We, we're proud of that. We, we celebrate Gallipoli. Now, we were defeated in Gallipoli, for goodness sake. Mm. But it was the way that our men and our armies looked after each other and were able to get out of that incredible, um, you know, situation. So, it's, you know, when you look at it, part of the, part of the uh, DNA of this country is this feeling that we are, uh, we're good when our backs are to the wall. So the America's Cup epitomised that. So I think there's no question with all these other elements too that uh, that was one of the reasons why it was such a significant part of a, uh, the culture of this country now. Part of the problem or part of our challenge is the tall poppy syndrome in Australia, having lived Absolutely. in the US a lot and other parts of the world. And I felt that one of the biggest hurdles that we have as a nation is we, when people are successful, they try and kind of, you know, they, they're uncomfortable with success. Hopefully we're growing out of that. So I felt if there's opportunity to legitimize success, let's give this a crack. So. I said, yeah, let's go with this, effectively the American title or American creator title. And uh, that's the background to it, it's ba- ba- based on my uh, great-grandfather's involvement. That's, <laughs> that's really interesting too. So your great-grandfather, Sir Thomas Lipton, uh, your grandmother, I believe, who was a big part of Chelsea Yacht Club, which was your original yep. yacht club, uh, went as far as to say that basically no one will win the cup until my Johnny gets a turn to hold the helm. Uh, bless, bless her soul. Yeah, amazing. And she died about, words. she died two months before we started in Newport, as it mm. turns out. But she, but we all knew that she knew. <laughs> she knew before anybody did. <laughs> she yeah. would have liked the title of your book too. <laughs> no question. Not a problem. Mm. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> we, we could continue all night, I'm sure, uh, hearing your beautiful stories and, and your memories. But again, I just want to re- reiterate, it's not seven years that you've uh, served your country or inspired others. It's definitely been a lifetime. And for me, before I was born. So, Thank you, Nick. Thank you very much. And uh, what you're doing is terrific for the sport and terrific for sailing. And uh, as I said at the start of this uh, little interview, uh, you know, this whole online thing is just a game changer. So I think it's really, really exciting. It was brilliant to have my good friend and, of course, hero. I think he's a hero to many of us, JB, on the show. What an absolute legend and gentleman. And I really encourage you to watch that show back if you haven't. It's actually been referred to 
by most of the people who have watched the show post. Uh, so really great to know how many people have watched it. Um, Terry also watched that show and we had a bit of a chat about that too. So really great to hear now. The next question in the trivia was about Rob Mundell and Bob Fisher, who were the lucky people who got to come in the week after John Bertrand and what two gorgeous people to uh, to follow him up. And the question was, how many books have they written combined? And I think that's pretty phenomenal in itself. Rob Mundell has written 19 books and Bob Fisher has written 34 books. So together they have written 53 books. Unbelievable about the history of sailing, autobiographies on a variety of people, historical, uh, you know, current history and before, I think, I think it was Bob Fisher who said he likes best writing about those who are already dead because then nobody can correct him. What absolute legend. So let's have a little bit of a look back at week 10 with the original Sinners, that is the Society of the International Nautical Scribes, Rob Mundell and Bob Fisher. And the answer, of course, is you've just released your 19th book. 19 books. It's still behind me. I know, because how many have you written, Bob? 36. And you know, the other great thing about the sport is that it's a fabulous leveller. Doesn't matter who you are, where you've come from, how much money you've got, what success you've had or not had, you're a sailor and that's all that matters. And I think that's one of the greatest things about our sport is this common bond. No matter where you are in the world, if you're a sailor, you're welcome with open arms. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Oh my gosh. Stop. Buy a lottery ticket. You're totally agreeing with one another. We've got there. Oh, no, we've, we've agreed on that before. What wine we're going to have occasionally we'll agree on a label. <laughs> Pretty rare, but we've done that from time to time. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I love you, gents. We've stayed online way too long. I usually do an adventure of the week. This week we're not doing an adventure of the week because, Bob Fisher, you were beautiful. You dialed in, no worries. But getting Rob Mundell on the line was a massive struggle. <laughs> well, we won't go into that, but we're here. You were fashionably late to the I party, I just want to know always. what you left to get there, Rob. Ha! I love those two. So funny. It took about an hour to get Rob Mundell online. Oh, I mean, it. It. to be fair, his laptop is a little bit older and his browser kept defaulting. Gosh, it was impossible. It's so hard and we've had to work out how to do so many things remotely. Thank goodness for technology. Imagine if this had happened when we hadn't had technology. I mean, so you think back to times like the Spanish flu. I think it was Steamer actually who gave me a picture. I'll see if I can find that. Golly, it was all the way back in week one and I think I forgot to show it. Uh, Let me have a little look here actually. That's just gotten me a little bit excited um is do i have it there no i don't but anyway steamer gave me a picture when when i was at the jj's which got called off the jj gilton the 18 foot skiff worlds got called off halfway through and steamer gave me a picture of the spanish flu and everybody standing on shark island watching the jj gilton with face masks on it was unbelievable it was like a time warp it was 
Crazy, my goodness. I wonder if maybe it's in the first April show. I had it somewhere. I'll find that and I'm going to put it up online because it's incredibly interesting. So the next question after the books, how many books was, how long have Kevin and Ross Wilson been race officers? The answer is 20 plus years. And they'll tell you a little bit more about that when we look back on week 11. Both integral parts of the 2000 Olympics. Yeah, look, and and what a sensational Olympics, I mean, Sydney was. I mean, no one could ever say that you'd ever have a better uh, regatta than Sydney. And, and, uh, you know, we talk stories. I was just with a couple of Sharpie legends today as well for lunch. But we talk go back to Sydney and you take that 470 two gold for the girls and I was running those particular events and to listen to the noise on Sydney Harbour uh, when uh, Tom and Mark won that regatta but even before that when Jenny and B and uh, Jenny and B used to stay with me back here in Melbourne but when they won gold as well I mean that was just something really personal and uh, same with the blokes but no one could ever go better than a Sydney Sydney Olympics it was just something super 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 how fantastic. And I think, and I Kevin, would... Kevin, did you decide to be a race officer before Ross or was it the other way around? Well, no, you're, you're right, Nick. You're right. Uh, because we all started uh, started off, you know, back at, at the Rock and, uh, and I was uh, initiating and uh, being a national judge, I... Uh, uh, went up with uh, Tony Mooney and uh, myself and Hatchie went around Australia teaching race management and then uh, we went up to Sydney and uh, just about 96 97 look at what was up there and of course we were tied up with with our um, uh, 470 people back at the rock because we had uh, about 20 odd 20 plus 470s racing out of Black Rock, and that's when uh, Jenny, Natty, and, and and Co were. So we put a lot of lot of training with them. There you go. Their history over 20 years of volunteering to help our sport, and a big shout out that uh, particular show we did because it was Volunteer Week and International Volunteer Day as well. So. I really wanted to celebrate two volunteers, but there are many and those guys I would usually spend the June long weekend with because I usually stay with them and their lovely wives. Uh, Kevin is married to Sue and, uh, no, other way around. Kevin is married. No, I got it right. Did I? Oh, too right. Kevin is married to Glennis. Sue is married to Ross. And they're absolutely lovely. And I usually spend the June long weekend with them at the Malulabar Etchells midwinters. And yeah, so it was a bit of a joke. I said to them, I'm going to get you on my show and we're going to have a live catch up and drink wine like we usually do. So we did. It was great. (laughs) It was fantastic. So that was week 11. And then following the Wilson brothers, we had Terry Hutchinson. It was a bit hard to nail him down because there was a lot of news happening. And... On our trivia as well, I believe we asked the question, 
When does Terry Hutchinson think that American Magic will actually be on the water and sailing in New Zealand? And he said he thinks it will be July. Here we go. Yeah. You managed to get back out with the family, which is the most important thing. When yeah. can we expect you guys to be training again to start off with? Yeah, I mean, it's a, um, you know, as you pointed out, things have gone reasonably well. Um, not reasonably well. Things have gone very well for the team. You know, the, the New Zealand government, um, I would say from our pers- our perspective, has, you know, they've done a really good job managing an exceptionally tough situation. And, and um, you know, we're incredibly thankful for the fact that they've um, – given us our exemptions into the country and, and defiance on her way there right now. She's about 500 miles West of um, Mexico on her way into the uh, South Pacific and into Auckland. So she'll be there kind of, um, I think around the 25th, 26th of this month. And, you know, with the exemption, there's a process that's going to take place in getting team members and family members in there and, and our, um, uh, so we're waiting early next week. We'll have some comms from MB in New Zealand, which is kind of the governing body towards um, helping us through this and and making sure that when we come into New Zealand that we're doing it in a fashion that isn't putting a massive burden on the system and that you know we come in, um, you know, the boat can come in, the shore team can come in, and then you know stage it a couple of days later that we get you know the, the rest of the team and and try to as best we possibly can just make sure that when we integrate into the community um, that we're safe and smart and and respectful of the opportunity that we're being given. So that's was amazing to have Terry Hutchinson on the show. It was especially fantastic to look back at the win of Australia too as well. He'd watched that show and he remembered being a 14-year-old, has spent quite a bit of time with Dennis Connor since. The American Magic team is representing New York Yacht Club. They're actually the first or one of the first representatives of the New York Yacht Club since Liberty because after Liberty it actually switched to San Diego Yacht Club and there was a big push from San Diego Yacht Club that's where Stars and Stripes is based out of so you know there's a little bit of pressure on that 14 year old boy's shoulders and it was really nice to talk to him about that now we've had a few more comments a shout out to Lucy Hodges one of my favorites we had her blind sailing the GBR blind sailing special in our adventures of the week back in week two or three of the show great to see her and a happy birthday to Gavin her partner Uh, Mark Gilley says that Rob Mundell's voice is like the Dave Attenborough of sailing oh my gosh he would love that and we do call him the voice of sailing that's for sure he broke the record when commentating the finish of Australia 2 versus Liberty I believe it was over eight hours of live broadcasting. And at the time, that broke the record for the longest. Uh, So pretty crazy. I've got a picture of him in his jacket, his Channel 7 jacket, in front of Australia too, which is very cool. I'd love if you could somehow manage to interview Gashby. Yeah, he does all right. We could see. Shout out to Nev Witty who's watching. That's Tiana's dad. And Tiana's doing a great job keeping track of all of your comments. So thanks to her. Now... While Terry Hutchinson was on, I found that picture of the Spanish flu. So this is from Clark Island looking to Garden Island 
And you can see here, this is, Steamer gave me this picture. It's the old school 18s and everybody has masks on. This is in 1919 with the Spanish flu. Unbelievable. And I saw this in mid-March. Just crazy. No wonder it spread though. That's not socially distancing, is it? <laughs> Definitely not. So week 13 was last week. We spoke about the Newport Bermuda race, which we would have been involved with as well. Unfortunately, that didn't go ahead. Oh, shout out to Harry Fisher as well. He said Sharpie legends about the Wilson brothers, which they are. So a big shout out to them. And uh, Lucy said, thank you. Did Steamer take the picture, says Sniff? Oh, rude. <laughs> I don't think so, but it's in his family. So, yeah, unbelievable picture. Let's just have another look at it. Unbelievable. If you've just missed it, this is a picture that Steamer gave to me, though didn't take, Sniff. And you can see there the old school 18s in the background during the JJs. And I guess... You know, that's 100 years ago. So, you know, maybe it just comes around every 100 years. Craziness. So, the Newport Bermuda race, we'll go back to the trivia. A question on the Newport Bermuda race was, who will be the next chairman? Now, Jay Gal is currently the chairman. Summers Kemp is the co-chair, and he will be the chairman for the 2022 edition, which hopefully we'll be involved with. John Winder was a co-chair for 2018 and he was involved with the media as well. So I worked directly with him. And Jonathan Bruin was the chairman for the last edition in 2018. So the correct answer was Summers Kemp. Let's have a look at an interview that I did with Jay and Matt Gow. So Jay was the co-chair at the time. He was the chair for this edition. Uh, which didn't go ahead. It ended up being virtual. So we'll have a little bit of a look at this interview that I did back in 2018 with him and his son. I think it's just really nice. It sums up the essence of that race and, you know, really looks over that race and why it's a really cool organisation because it is run by an, a team in its entirety of volunteers, which is pretty amazing. This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl and the Newport Bermuda Race. We're live from the beautiful, beautiful Royal Bermuda Yacht Club. I have with me Jay Gal and also Matt. They were sailing together on this beautiful boat, Temptress, behind me. How was the race, guys? Well, the race was fantastic. I mean, uh, the first uh, part was as predicted. Uh, the second part was uh, calm, and uh, we were become for a long time, very frustrating. We actually had all the sails down at one point, a little wind seeker just to, uh, you know, keep the main from slatting, and then just waited for the weather to come in as predicted, which it did finally. And uh, it was, it, it, then we had a, a, a nice period of just power reaching oh, at nice. about nine and a half knots uh, for about 200 miles. Now, now, now you're saying about nine and a half knots because I heard something about a, maybe a potential gear breakage under the way, on the way to the start, Matt. Yeah, we lost our speedometer on the way to the start. So we had to sail the whole race with just a GPS, speed over ground, course over ground, Never knew the true wind speed, but we uh, have a lot of guys on board that are, grew up sailing dinghies and no instruments at all. So that helped quite a bit with that little bit of a challenge. Absolutely, and especially with a race where you probably had to keep your eyes out of the boat, might have been uh, helpful for you. Well, we actually, you know, we, we especially when the new breeze started to fill in, we, we saw these bands of wind coming down. Yeah. 
and we actually were short tacking up the bands of wind so as not to go out of the wind, yeah. just like you would do almost like lake sailing, sailing in a band of wind. And we had some lake sailors on board, some really good dinghy sailors. So this was old school stuff. And then we'd try stuff. We'd go on starboard, and then we'd say, well, we're two-headed, or maybe we have a foul current. And so all that perceptiveness from it being a dinghy sailor you know, made for a, a pretty good race for us. We ended up second in class, and yeah. that, that's a good thing. That is absolutely a good thing. Now, Matt, how is it sailing with your dad? I sail with my dad a lot, and I think it's awesome. But, you know, there's always mixed reviews. Yeah, I, I love it. This is the my second Bermuda race. Both of them I've done with him at the helm, and it's uh, it's been a great experience to be able to share this with him. And, you know, he got me into sailing when I was young and got me on a, my first boat offshore before I was a year old, and it's, you know, no looking back from there and happy to share this with him. Yeah, that's absolutely beautiful. Now, unfortunately, next time around, you may not be able to share it with him because as the co-chair of the Bermuda Race Organising Committee, that means next time around you'll be the chairman. Big shoes. Um, I'm going to do the race. That's part of the deal. That was oh, really? A, that, was a con that was a condition of my acceptance of the position. And, yeah. and actually, uh, some people have done, the, the chairman of the race have done the race in the past. Yeah. I mean, it's important to have some people on land that can uh, uh, handle any crisis or emergencies. But uh, I think it's important for the members of the committee to also be active participants oh, sure. as racers. And, and all of our members of the committee have extensive experience doing this race, uh, dedicated group of volunteers. It's the most amazing set of volunteers that put this whole thing together. No paid staff. We have some consultants that, that come in and help us, but uh, there's no paid permanent staff. It's all done with volunteers with tremendous experience, and uh, my hat's off to all the volunteers who make this to make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is my first time being involved with the Newport Bermuda Race, and I have to say, I've really drawn from all of the wealth of knowledge that's involved, not just with the people that are actually on the committee, but then everybody else who's come in behind the committee to help support. It's just fantastic. Absolutely right. And, and uh, we couldn't do it without the uh, participation of, uh, of all these volunteers and people contribute. We're, we've made a nice uh, uh, initiative this year, a new initiative that uh, really ramped up from prior years to uh, be more sustainable and, yeah. and focus on uh, uh, you know, environmental preservation. The Cruising Club of America has a long, proud tradition of, of uh, sustainability and environmental protection of the seas because we love the ocean so much. And it's nice that we're bringing that to, you know, all racers to raise consciousness, particularly about plastics in the ocean. Yeah, cool. And you must be proud of your dad for ste stepping up to take on the chairman's role next time. Absolutely. Very proud of him. I know how much work he put into his vice chair role for this effort. And I think he's very excited about the challenge ahead, but we're going to miss him. I, we know he's going to be busy doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> he is going to be busy, that's for sure. But congratulations not only to this lovely vice chair, and the chairman, of course, Jonathan Bruin, but everybody involved with the committee of the Newport Bermuda Race has definitely been one I'll never forget. But, hey, bring on 2020. Thank you very much. <laughs> bring on 2020. Yes, and Jonathan has done a fantastic job and the entire committee. So thank you for a great race. Oh, I know I did say to the guys when I spoke to them last week, and I'm really sorry if I jinxed you, but now we're bringing on 2022. 2022. Gosh, that's hard to say with an echo in your head. 2022 will be a fantastic addition, but that wraps up season one of Adventures Weekly. We had me in the mirror bringing you news, bringing you news, bringing you news, <laughs> me in the mirror bringing you news.
news and bringing back Adventures Weekly. And that's when we started our video competition. Fantastic. Jesus Renato, uh, Trofea Princess Sophia, which unfortunately got cancelled in the 470 Worlds. The Seabin Project. Make sure you're recycling. And if you do have a yacht club that is interested in getting involved with the Seabin Project or having one in your marina, and you haven't already been in touch with David Turden, please get in touch with me and I will put you in contact. The big plastic pledge I'll get. Uh, Tiana is watching. Tiana will find the link now to the big plastic pledge and we'll post it in the comments below. If everybody could sign up, I'd really appreciate it. And so would Hannah Mills and Eldie who are working really hard in the UK. I love that we really tried to explore the whole world in season one as well. So... We started in Australia in my pool, we went to Spain, we came back to Queensland, we went to the UK, then we had Southport Stevens, then we had the Salgip US, so we were talking to the East Coast and the West Coast of the US, keeping you covered, we relived that. Tracy Edwards, we went back to the UK, John Bertrand back here, Rob Mundell and Bob Fisher, that was two sides of the globe and they did fantastically, absolute legends. Kevin Ross Wilson here, Terry Hutchinson back to the US in the Newport Bermuda race where we had dial-ins from London and Newport. So with a Bermudian, just to make it complicated, but it was absolutely fantastic. And the final question for our trivia comp this week was... Dun, 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 dun. It was... Here we go. Who has been the main sponsor of our Adventures Weekly show to help keep us all entertained during lockdown? Is it Pentaneous Yacht Insurance? Pentaneous Yacht Insurance? Pentaneous Yacht Insurance? Of course, it is all of the above. And a big thank you to Pentaneous Sale and Motor Yacht Insurance. They actually dropped past to visit me here because I'm three hours south of Sydney. So I haven't actually been to Sydney since mid-March when I left uh, just after the JJ cancellation. So uh, they came and visited me yesterday on their way back through and it was so lovely to see Michaela and Jamie. So if you have a choice, uh, I do encourage you to get involved with that company because they're all sailors, they know boats, they speak to you on a level we can all understand and they do their best to keep you covered and especially with me as well. So I'm really, really grateful to them that we've been able to keep keep, keep bringing you the news, even though there hasn't been so much. I've really enjoyed doing the one-on-ones. So thanks all for uh, jumping on the bandwagon for season one. Next week, we're going to kick off season two with a bang. Ian Murray, the big fella, and Andrew Dog Palfrey, will be joining us at 5pm Aussie time and 8am UK time. So that will be awesome. I'm really, really excited. Shout out to Katie Pellu who's watching, Jeremy Wyatt who's watching. How do you sign up? Nev says, fantastic. And Mark Lee says, thanks so kindly for the informative news of the best community in life. Yes, agreed. So, um, yeah, thank you all again for joining us for season one, season two. It's going to be a ripper. I love how, you know, we just have a little happy break in between season one and season two. We'll be back next week with plenty more action and plenty more live guests. Let's just have a, a little bit more of a, a tune here. Hang on. I thought I might 
actually reveal to you where my uh, studio is today. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Jump into the coach boat and they hug each other and they celebrate together because it's, it's such a teamwork. It's just that now we have to be um, super conscious um, that, that we're producing more waste and we've got to be better at um, giving it a second use. That we were going to try and pledge to uh, make these changes. And then we thought actually it'd be really cool if other athletes, other sailors could get on board to kind of leave no trace or leave wherever you've been cleaner than how you found it. We are going to Sailport Stevens. I think we pretty much cooked dinner for everybody. Dennis Thompson is a PRO. Miss Stacey Jackson. Yeah, do you think you could smuggle a sausage sandwich across the border for me? <laughs> Which of you was on board when this happened? I was on the weather side about going underwater, holding yeah. my breath, yeah. Oh my god. I was this... on the leeward side of the boat getting blasted with water from behind. So, uh, wasn't that yeah. the 47 knots, you guys? Yeah. It was a really good cause to cover all of those boats that don't normally get covered. This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl, keeping you covered for your Rolex Sydney Hobart coverage. If we, if we don't have an equal education system for girls and boys, women will never be equal. Girls have to look like this, be like that, be like this, do that. But when you're at sea, you don't have to wash, you don't have to dress properly, you don't have to do your hair. It sounds like being in lockdown. <laughs> I love it. I mean, seriously, I, I have washed my hair for you for the first time in a very long time. And oh. <laughs> we, we could continue all night, I'm sure, uh, hearing your beautiful stories and, and your memories. But again, I just want to re reiterate, it's not seven years that you've uh, served your country or inspired others. It's definitely been a lifetime. And for me, before I was born. So, Thank you, Nick. Thank you very much. And uh, what you're doing is terrific for the sport and terrific for sailing. And uh, as I said at the start of this uh, little interview, uh, you know, this whole online thing is just a game changer. So I think it's really, really exciting. I think you'll agree a fourth time is that it was so lovely to have you guys on the show tonight and to see you catching up and to reminisce about so many great times that you've been involved with. And thanks for everything that you've given to sailing. It's been amazing. Thanks, Nick. You're doing a great job. Doing my best. Thank you, Nick. Trying to follow in your footsteps. 2,000 participants. 2,000 participants. 29 people got it correct. What was the name of the New York Yacht Club defending boat in the 1887 America's Cup? And have a little bit of a think about the theme for this week. Was it A, Mayflower, B, Vigilant, C, Volunteer, or uh, it D? Had to be volunteer, <laughs> Indeed! I know you all weren't around when that race was held, <laughs> but I was uh, 14 years old in 1983. Uh, when Liberty lost to Australia too. And uh, what an incredible course that one race put on uh, the America's Cup and really for our sport. And it's amazing. A couple of weeks ago, New York Yacht Club, did a, they released a, a three-part series with Dennis. Uh, and Dennis was talking about that last day and he was talking about the regatta. And, you know, I, I think what I took away from it was he felt that they were lucky to get that far into the series and to get to a, you know, a sudden death winner take all race because he knew Australia too was a, was a lot faster. And uh, it's fascinating to hear, you know, from those guys, the, the details of, 
of that race. And I, you know, because it has so much history in our sport and, and everything that it's just, it's awesome to listen to those just nuggets of absolute America's cup gold. Yeah. Like 2021 one hell of a year. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Be rude not to. And, um, and I guess we'll see everybody in 2022. Yes, we will. Well, I hope before that. I hope before that, Nick. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, for sure. And I'm sorry. Keep I up the good you. work, Nick. This is fantastic. Thank oh, you for thank you, thank you for yeah, everything you do for the sailing community, keeping everybody informed and uh, making making it fun. So thank you. Oh, I'm I'm really lucky that it's such a great sport and that I'm able to have uh, so many family members around the world, basically. Is how I feel, and I'm just trying to help my family. That's all. Very lucky. And here is about where I've inserted a clip of, of Seb and I doing the soaker in the backseat of Summer's car <laughs> on the way to the Royal Bermuda Yacht Club. But I'll take yeah. the American. Yes, season two will kick off next week. Can't wait. Just a reminder five o'clock Aussie time, eight o'clock. English time, we will have Andrew Dog Palfrey and Ian Big Fella Murray. They did compete in the star together in the 2008 Olympics. Big Fella's the current Etchell World Champion. Dog has won the Etchell World Champs a million times, sailed a variety of classes, and they've both done the America's Cup with a variety of teams. Really looking forward to getting their stories and sharing them with you all. It will be fantastic. So without further ado, here's our show close. Thanks to the Sons of Beaches. <laughs> See you next week.